Michael Swindle is a third-generation resident of Hendry County, Florida. He says growing up there ingrained a love and appreciation of rural Florida's unique outdoor life and agriculture. As a teacher in Hendry County, he enjoyed the challenge of preparing students to meet their future goals. He was instrumental in growing the career and technical education program for traditional age students and adults in the region. Michael began his career as an elected official as a Hendry County Commissioner in 2013, and today he serves as the superintendent of Hendry County Schools. Last but not least, he is a proud future maker. Mike, it's so good to see you today. Great to see you as well. Great to be here. We're doing this in person. Yes, thank you, God. You were on our first season of yep. the podcast, episode yep. one. Episode one. That's and right. now here we are in person. Yeah, it's great to do it in person. Um, we did so much Google Meets over the last year and a half. It's great to be back in the presence of people and face to face again. Yes. Yep. We're being careful, but it is, it's way too good to mess it up, I guess. I, I agree. Say. Yeah. All right. Well, so much has changed since we last talked. Um, you know, you were in the process of running a campaign to right. become the superintendent. That's right. Yes. And you won. Yes. Yes. I, I am blessed to be the superintendent of Henry County Schools, um, to be in a county where I was born and raised. And uh, my entire family is pretty much right there. And to go through the system myself and education and um, and the world of county commission and all the way into the school system and, and superintendent has been a blessing. It's been a joy. I absolutely love it. I work with some amazing people. I love the work that we do. And being able to move the needle on education in, in rural Florida is is absolute passion of mine. Yeah. Well, speaking of rural Florida, I mean, I think first, first of all, just let me say, I think it is so... It's so, I mean, you're my friend, so I'm obviously very happy for you, but mm -hmm. I think it's so great for Hendry County to have you as the superintendent. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I definitely want to get into what you've been doing and, and what your plans are, but one thing I just kind of want to start, which I always like to start doing with you, is uh, tell me a little bit about Hendry County, just in case folks aren't yeah. familiar. Sure. Sure. So, so if you need a visual of Henry County, it's on the southern tip of Lake Okeechobee, and it lies nestled between Lee County and Palm Beach County, and uh, we're in the very center portion of the state. Much, uh, much of our county is still very green, open, uh, native land. Um, lots of flat pine land, scrub land, lots of cattle, uh, cow pasture, um, forest, and agricultural land. Um, the harmonic balance between agriculture and, and the environment is, is very unique. That's also a passion of mine, and so I love learning and in, engaging in that as well. Um, we have right at uh, just, just shy of 40,000 people in Hendry County. Um, we have two cities, Clewiston and LaBelle, with a couple of uh, small rural, rural boroughs between them. And um, uh, we're still very diverse uh, with regard to our um, demographics and to the makeup of the county, which makes us very unique. Yeah. It's a very unique place. Yes. I love Hendry County. And thank you for, for sharing that because I think, you know, for folks who haven't been there or who may not be as familiar with Florida, I think a lot of people think of Florida as the beaches and That's things right. like that. But there's a whole other world in inland Florida. That's right. All right. So with that in mind, uh, you know, I w wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about sort of what some of your priorities are as superintendent now. Sure, absolutely. So as superintendent, when you look at the school system and education as a whole, 
nothing trumps the fact that we need to drive up educational achievement within our students. Everything from when you look at the markers, like third grade reading scores, um, all, all the way up to graduation rate and everything in between, we absolutely have to focus on that. Being rural um, with, with all the challenges that come along with that is absolutely no excuse to do the best job possible of educating um, the students that we have. So all of our efforts and energies have been focused around what do we need to do to get better? What are the, what are the markers that we're going to use and what layers of support are we going to inject to make sure that we, we are driving the educational attainment of our children up? And so we focus on that on a daily basis. How many students do you have? Uh, 7,200. Okay. And um, does that include pre-K? Do you have any pre-K programs? We do. Yes, we do have a very robust pre-K program. Um, that number does not include in the pre-K. That is handled just a little bit differently because they're not a K through 12. The Department of Education looks at us as K through 12. Mm -hmm. Pre-K is slightly different. Okay. All right. And so, you know, can you give me an idea a little bit about sort of what you came into in terms of how students were doing in your school district? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, number one, um, taking office in the middle of a pandemic was challenging enough with regards to we only had about 60 percent of the students attending school at that time. We had staff getting sick. We had students sick. We had and it and it, and it was the, the same um, uh things that the rest of America was dealing with with regards to the fear of the unknown and how we we're going to move forward and we were hoping it all go away. Here we are 18 months later from when this pandemic started and it has not. On top of that, the, the academic challenges also are, are very uh, large. Um, I mentioned third grade reading scores. We have, we have a very low third grade reading score, although it's probably on the a little bit below what the actual state average is, but it's still unacceptable. Um, and as you well know, and I'm sure the listeners well know that in the third grade, the reading markers, if they're not on par reading in third grade, life is stacked against them um, with everything possible. And so we, we are, um, we realize that and we are doing everything we can in that K one and two building up to the three to shore that up. Um, and, and once we get them reading on level and we get them where they need to be educationally in the third grade and reading, then we feel like that is going to fix a lot of our problems. It is a little bit of a long-term approach, but nonetheless, it has to happen. Yeah. So, so what are you doing differently with third grade reading or otherwise since you've yeah. started? What are yep. some of the key things that you've that you've so, worked on? So, one of the things uh, when you're in rural, well, when you're in any education business, and especially rural where we have a constrained budget, there's no doubt about that, right? Um, having um, having the right human resources in place is always a challenge. Um, we just don't have a lot of money to be able to hire the extra coaching, the extra support staff, and the people that we need to be able to help the teachers, prepare the teachers, and be the extra hands that, that would be needed for that. So right off the bat, two of the things that I did, we brought in a director for secondary education and director of elementary education to help those principals start looking at their own data and, and realize where their strengths and weaknesses were and then help shore up those weaknesses. What do they need to do to prepare, better prepare those teachers and those classrooms that are struggling using the educational markers that we use along the way? So we did that on the high school and the secondary level. The thing that we have done recently is we have hired a, a school improvement specialist, and that person will start with us within the next week or so, well, actually one week from today, and, and with a primary focus of 
making every school better in, in, in educational achievement for our students. And that can be everything from helping the principal develop the coaches that we have within the school system, helping the principal and the staff build their capacity for their learning walks, how you go into a classroom and evaluate the, that teacher being on target with the lesson for that day that it's aligned with a state standard and making sure that there are learning gains happening and that students actually learn for that day. And I know that it's very, it sounds very basic in elementary, but what happens is, is we overload our system so bad. The teachers already have such an enormous load that they're pulling mm -hmm. that um, from beginning to end, a lot of times they lose focus of the basics because they're having to comply or, or, or deal with other things that, right. that are normal within a school day. But we're basically focusing on those things that are going to drive up achievement and we're putting some of the best professionals that we can get our hands on in the school system to work with those teachers, coaches, and administrators to build the capacity so that it's sustainable as we move forward. So that new position, that's a new position. Brand new, yes. And, and a couple of other new positions. Are you uh, hiring people that are from Hendry County or are you bringing people in from outside? So my theory on that is, is you need the very best people you can have in, in those positions if you're going to get better. And to, to answer your question directly, it's, it's, it's a hodgepodge. We do have some people within Henry County that are phenomenal educators that we have promoted into those positions. We also have hired from outside the county. We're not afraid to do that by any, by any means. If, if that person is the right one that has the right skill set and the right tenacious and spirit about them that's going to go into those schools and do what needs to be done and be a self-starter, that's who we want. So I have to ask you because, you know, rural places are very different you know, compared to other parts of, you know, our region and the country, the parts of the country that aren't rural. Right. Um, is it difficult to attract people from outside the rural community? It is. Um, and, and we're not, uh, we're not unique in any, any stretch of the imagination with regard to attracting folks. When you, when you are a, a 23 year old graduate, out of college and you think about either moving to Florida or moving into a teaching position, uh, again, we're nestled between Palm Beach, uh, Lee County, and to the south of us, Dade County and Carrier County, all of which have beaches, nightlife, and everything that a 23-year-old would, would uh, and, and what they right, rightfully so are interested in. And then you come to Hendry County, where it's a slow-paced rule. We're behind, click, just a little bit with regard to pay, but not too terribly far. And so it does, it does present challenges to the point where we, we have created um, uh, hiring committees where they are looking at specific ways that, and things that we can do, financially, housing, that we can make ourselves more marketable to our some, and even, and even the possibility, we're even looking at the possibility of, of um, while you're working for us, paying your student loans yeah. and things like that. And I think all districts are doing probably pretty much the same yeah. thing. It's hard enough to get teachers anywhere um, even in the larger districts and specifically in the rural districts. Yeah. I mean, cause housing is a challenge in Hendry. Everywhere. It's, yeah. a, it's a challenge everywhere. It is a challenge everywhere. Yeah. But I think, right. I think there's a very common misconception that housing wouldn't be as big of a problem. Right. And if you're not, if you're not familiar, that's right. Cause I've even, I've even shared that with people that right. housing, affordable housing or attainable workforce housing is yep. very difficult to find in Hendry County. And it a lot is. of people are surprised. I have a, I, I can think of several examples, but I'll give you one primary example. I know for sure I have a teacher at LaBelle that lives on Alico Road mm. in, in an apartment. 
And so yeah. that, that's how difficult that is to find. So living all the way in another county. Right. Yep. In Lee County. Yep. yep. So any other changes that come to mind that you've been that you've been working on or um, or any have you seen any any difference made by any of the changes yet? Yes, absolutely. And so the things that we have put into place right off the bat, it was uh, it was a much needed layer of support. Um, oftentimes what happened is a, a school leader is kind of on an island of their own, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And so right off the bat, even the principals and the, and, and the administration of the schools, it was a very felt presence. They were like, oh, thank you. What, what these directors are doing to immediately help us has been irreplaceable. We've mm-hmm. never had that kind of support before. So, so yes, it is. It's absolutely um, um, uh, having a positive impact. The other thing that we're working on, it kind of goes hand in hand, with your second question of housing and, and in re- recruiting and retaining teachers. We're on a mission to drive up culture. We want a collegial culture. We want a culture where teachers feel empowered, supported, and valued for what they do. Mm-hmm. And so we work hard on that every single day and every layer that we can uh, to make sure that um, we give them opportunities to grow uh, as individuals, professionally and educationally. Um, we allow them to uh, have the autonomy in their classroom to, to use their, their own creativity and teaching and then use their own data to 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 show them their own production mm-hmm. and so um so we believe that culture is a huge huge reason that people stay with us yeah. within the rural districts yeah and i think that's a real challenge right now i mean there are a lot of issues for teachers teachers have such an important job there are no other uh jobs without teachers right there's right. no other employees without teachers that's right they typically don't get paid well. Mm-hmm. And lately, I feel like they've really been taking the brunt of a lot of the trouble that's happened with this pandemic and yep. and everything else. And then and then add on to that that housing isn't affordable. Right. Some of them have to work two jobs, all of these things. And we've just made it really, really difficult for for any institution to maintain teachers, more or less attract them. That's right. Um, so uh, I think that maybe because of the size of your district, being a rural district, you have a little bit, maybe a little bit more ability to kind of mold that. Right, right. So, um, so I also know that you you come from adult education, mm-hmm. correct? And so you started this, uh, what has become a very robust uh, set of training programs in Hendry County. And I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about you seen like huge growth i mean right. i know and i'm going to say i can't say this is all 100 percent because of the programs that you started but this past year in our in the future makers annual report we mm-hmm. measure skilled workers we measure them by by county within the five county region skilled worker is anyone age 25 to 64 that has some sort of credential beyond a high school diploma that includes you know a certification industry certification mm-hmm. aa right. bachelor's degree and this, the, the our most recent report, we saw for 2019 was the most up-to-date data, 600% increase in the number of skilled workers in Hendry yep. County. Yep. That is, I mean, I know in part due to the work that you have done with the training programs out there. Can you, like, it's such a great story. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to that? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I'll try to paint the whole picture as well so that it's yeah. easier for everyone to see. 
so when I became uh, workforce development director uh, for Hendry County, when I left the classroom and, and uh, school administration and went into that, and, and through my work as county commissioner as well, and, and so I had the opportunity to work across, uh, across the county with multiple different businesses and training facilities and schools. And, and when you look, when, when I looked at the information and the data then, it just nothing seemed to add up. How could we have the highest level of unemployment in, in, the, in the state? Um, uh, we have huge demand. Everywhere I went, people were just begging for, man, I can't get, I can't get people to drive trucks. I can't get people that know how to weld. I can't get mechanics. And just nothing seemed to add up to me. We know that we have other trainings and other very good schools um, anywhere from, you know, 35 to 60 miles away from us. And so it became very obvious that to me that we needed to do everything we could to train um, as much in-house and in Cluston and LaBelle as possible. And so when we, when we began that, um, I know that the uh, Community Foundation was very instrumental. Uh, the H.E. Hill Foundation from Palm Beach County was very instrumental in, in allowing us to be able to, to get started on those. And, and then we used um, uh, workforce development data with regard to specifically which careers and which jobs needed uh, a high infusion of work. And we used that data to decide which programs we instituted. We put in a diesel technology program. We now have an HVAC program. We have a very robust adult CNA program. We have done some other shorter term things like security guards. Um, and we have done some of the Microsoft credentialing and stuff like that for office type work. Um, just to name a few that we started. And not when we sh when we started them, it was in it, we were just taken back by the amount of people that kept coming. Mm -hmm. How can I sign up? How can I be a part of it? Um, uh, Career Source um, funded the lion's share of the tuition and cost of the programs. We had some other state agencies that also helped, and and it just continued to grow. And and we were blessed. Uh, one of the hardest things you wouldn't think, but one of the the even harder than getting the funding and starting the program was finding high quality instructors instructor that knows diesel, instructor that knows welding. And we were just blessed to find the folks that we have within our community that, that just, they wound up being phenomenal teachers. They knew the industries really well. And so we're putting out uh, a good number every year, uh, year in and year out now of folks that have credentialing and, and the basic training to begin a great career within multiple fields. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that did make up a large chunk of, of what you're talking about, but you're right, it wasn't all of it. A good example of that is U.S. Sugar. As they struggle um, uh, to find employees, they've started their own type training programs as well. Mm. And, and that, again, is another model of how uh, individual businesses are learning that they, if, if it's hard for them to rely on outside sources even. And so we work with them. We do parts of training for them. They do enormous of it in-house. Um, but but it's worked out very well, and we're very proud of it. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where we we started, we had more, we had the highest industry certification numbers in rural Florida, and we beat five urban districts around the state in 19. And so we continue to grow. Um, when we're looking at year-to-date data, even today, we're higher than where we were then. Wow! So our programs are continuing to grow. Um, they 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 do a great job of delivery of the content. We do the best job we can of bringing in, in potential employers uh, throughout the school year. We let them shake the hands of the, of the students and they build a relationship and, and they come in multiple times and they watch student progress and they kind of get to know the students. 
and then that way by the time uh, the end of the program is there they're able to almost have a seamless transition yeah into a into a, a high skill high wage career yeah yeah we've learned a lot through your programs yeah. I think and you know that model of bringing the employer in early it's an excellent yep. excellent part of a model That's you've right. got to make training about jobs and it's not just saying you'll get a job it's making sure that there's that connection um, and I just want to reiterate that we're talking about the county that has the highest unemployment rate in That's the right. state. Yep. And people showed up once you offered something closer. So obviously there's a potential that there's a proximity was a problem, right? right? Access. Right. Yep. Any other things that you've identified as problems for folks that are under and unemployed that need to get into your programs? Yeah, you know, one of the one of the things that really jumped out at us um, early on when we started advertising, we didn't get a lot of response. Mm. And, and we scratched our heads and we're like, how can that be? And, and then we, we kind of took a step back and we said, you know, we're advertising in the newspaper. Are the people who really need this training picking up the newspaper and reading it? Mm -hmm. And so it, it became glaringly obvious that we need to have a much better ground game when it comes to recruiting the folks that need the training and the skill set that we offered. So I paid our instructors and a lot of our staff to just kind of penetrate the community. They went to community events. Um, they went to the laundromats. They went to the labor camps. They went to Walmart, and they set up shops and booths and tables and went door to door. And from that point forward, that's when we started the massive growth of folks coming in. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the valuable lessons that we learned was was that you, you have to be very strategic in how you get the word out. And and, and also who takes that word out. Yes. A lot of times um, I, folks don't want to see me pull up to said labor camp, but when we sent the right uh, instructors out there that, that, um, that was also um, of, of, the, of the right race and, and had the insta instant credibility, people would come out of their homes yeah. and shake their hands and take the cards and information, and, and we, they would tell them about the funding opportunities. Mm -hmm. and, and from that point forward, that's when it really began to blossom. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we're talking about, you know, it takes trust. That's right. And uh, seeing yourself and the people who are willing to help you right. um, achieve some of your goals is, is really important. Yep. And we've learned that again and again. And you've done a great job of sort of exemplifying that with the work that you're describing. Um, and then also meeting people where they are, right? Yes. You can't just, it's not the sort of, if the if you build it they will come that's right mentality it's right. a lot more work and, and, and we're talking about folks who live in poverty a lot of the time that's right that's correct so yep. and, and and we've experienced that everything from we wound up giving them rides we wound up buying them shoes we wound up doing um, a lot of things for them with those unmet needs mm -hmm. that um that makes it possible yeah and it's very rewarding when you see when you see some of those folks you know come back or, or finish the finish and you watch them shake hands and walk off into a career or a nice paying job. It's very, very rewarding. Yeah. So uh, how have you been, how, how, how quickly are folks able to get a job when they're done with your program? Um, most of the time, um, the, some of the biggest problems that we have is having the employers wait until the end of the program. Yeah. Because there is such a high demand for folks today. Um, it, and oftentimes we will allow like our welders to go ahead and finish their last month on job with said employer. Mm -hmm. And then we will go there even and then evaluate them if we have to. Um, same with the diesel, the diesel technology programs. There's such a high demand for diesel technicians today um, that that uh, every every one of them that want a job immediately get the job immediately. 
many of them either want higher education or to specialize and so they continue on oh. in other in other trainings awesome yes that's awesome so if you were to kind of try to pinpoint you've you've done so many creative things and um and it has really really paid off i mean when you came to us initially and you we made you pitch mm -hmm. at a in a shark tank right right to fund fun. your adult education program um you know it was really at risk of going away yes i mean it was at risk risk of yeah. going away right and so we were betting on on your ability to really turn things around and and you know that's obviously a, a great role for philanthropy in making this sort of work happen but i'm curious if you could like pinpoint what does it really take to grow like that yeah so so if i had to phrase it i would say that this is an absolute perfect model for what happens when needs data and resources collide and just um, we had a we had a, a county and, and a region that was really really in high need. Um, there was an enormous amount of data to support what what was needed, in the direction we needed to go, and then the resources. Um, b believe it or not, uh, w once we pulled everything together, the resources almost organically happened. Mm -hmm. Again, starting with with uh, the Shark Tank and the, and the Community Foundation's ability to get us started. Um, and then several others, like I mentioned, um, it, it really was uh, uh, the best of all the worlds kind of happening at one time and everybody having buy-in. It took some tenacious spirits to make it happen and to, and, and to be able to pivot, you know, like, uh, like I mentioned, you know, we advertised and we didn't have that great. So we had to drop back and look at what was happening there. Um, uh, some of the students were struggling and then we had to realize there was a lot of unmet needs that mm -hmm. we needed to be. Uh, sensitive to that and so just there was a lot of little things along the way that you got to kind of have your head on a swivel to be able to be successful yeah yeah I think that's so such a great point because I think too many times we as people humans get hung up on designing something investing in it and moving forward and not really feeling comfortable changing direction right or admitting that something isn't right. working as well as we want it to. Sure, sure. And it's sort of like that, it becomes that thing that you do because you've always done it that way. Right, right. And I think just by the nature of when you started doing this, the state that it was in, and your own just sort of, you know, entrepreneurial spirit about the way that you 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 do this work, it's been, it's really, really, just had the most amazing outcome as a result yeah. of it because you are willing to shift and turn and to take other people's input and That's to right. and to learn from the mistakes or learn from the problems right and yep. so and that's honestly like such a great such a great combination of traits for a superintendent sure sure i appreciate that yeah even my current staff will tell you that you do not want to come come with come with an answer of this is the way we've always done it yeah, that won't work. You know, remove the egos, remove everything out of the way. The focus on is on the education, the attainment, moving forward for the community. And, and, and when everybody buys into that, the work is just so much easier and nicer. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a, a better culture. Sure. It does. So. All right. So a little bit more about Hendry County. I know that Hendry County is actually pretty diverse. Very diverse. Yes. And your student body is very diverse, which is yes. true in all five counties. But yep. in Hendry, you know, that's no less so. And so I know that you're you're kind of working on 
launching some work around equity. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Absolutely. So um, it, it, it really dates all the way back in 1969. Um, there, there was some disproportionality of discipline handed out to African-American students. And we're still working with the Department of Justice to clarify um, the work that was done then and the work that's been done between now and then. But at the end of the day, um, we want to make sure that we are equitably servicing our students. We want to make sure that they have the um, equal opportunity and uh, equal services and equal opportunity for success uh, as they go forward as, as, as highly trained individuals. And so we are taking a deep dive into our data, everything from uh, how we distribute our, our, our funds and the programs that we invest in, mm-hmm. um, the impact that they have upon our students. We're looking at our data and our data results to ensure that um, certain populations of students are not disproportionately represented in that. And if they are, which most of the time they are, mm-hmm. um, what are we doing as a professionals to, to correct that? Uh, maybe it is in some of the things we're looking at as mentoring programs. And so we have some adult mentors that we're working on um, organizing some wonderful group of, of adult mentors that are going to come into school and out of the school and do things with students um, to help them, uh, help them understand um, what what decision-making, good decision-making looks like and, and what types of things they need to consider before their actions wind up in a certain situation. Mm-hmm. And it's a two-way street. Maybe there's educational things that we need to do. Um, and Hendry County, uh, and, and, and so we're also shoring that up, and implicit bias training is going to be part of that to make sure that um, as our folks um, handle data and handle discipline, that, that we're doing it fairly and equitably and not using uh, any other markers uh, to reference discipline actions. Yeah. I think, you know, that is, well, first of all, you're very workforce oriented, which I love because sometimes we don't think of kindergartners as future workforce, yeah. but they are. Yeah. Um, and I think that really, so take out everything else that equity means. Um, just given the shift in demographics, we have to ensure equity or we right. will never have enough workers right. to fill jobs, right? Um, but then beyond that, I just think it's really bold and courageous and smart of you to take this on, um, to take this work on. I think it's hard for any school district to do something like this. Um, and what a great example for the region, for the state, for the country, especially coming from a rural community. Uh, I think when I look at the data and I don't see obviously your discipline data and things Mm -hmm. like that, but you know, we do look at kindergarten readiness, third grade reading level, high school graduation rates. And there is, uh, there are disproportionate outcomes yes. when we disaggregate by race and ethnicity. You That's have right. a high number of um, Hispanic uh, s- and potentially Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. students coming into your district. Yes, we do. And um, migrant workers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of people that live in poverty. Right. And so folks have different needs. And I think that the system has been designed to work in, in, from years ago. And to just sort of be willing to stop and take a look at how the system is working and adapt. And I love that you said you're looking at funding and you're looking at your own staff and being able to identify implicit bias. You really do have to take a holistic approach, I think, if you want to achieve the outcomes that you're looking for. So I think this is so exciting. Yes. Obviously, Future Makers is here to support and help however we can. That's awesome. 
Um, but uh, congratulations, and I just can't wait to see what yeah. you do with us. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, and it, it's it's called such a um, uh, it's called such a, a self reflecting of of the staff and district of the leadership. We're even um, we're incorporating all of these things into our strategic plan, mm-hmm. which are also about three quarters of the way finished. And so, uh, as our new uh, new strategic plan rolls out between now and, and uh, maybe sixty more days, um, you will see it riddled with the things that we've talked about with regards to that. Um, we were making sure that we're equitably distributing uh, our resources and, and programmatics are, are uh, open to, to everyone and everyone has equal accesses, which some of those sound basic to do, but again, they're not necessarily always handled that way. That's right. Yeah, it does sound basic, but unfortunately it is definitely not designed that way. That's so right. To start from a strategic plan and sort of a vision is, is yes. fantastic. Um, okay, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I'm sure, excited. Sure, sure. So tell me now, uh, what is on the horizon for you? You're you're launching your equity initiative. We yes. know that. What yep. are what are some of your big goals that you want to hit, or what what do you see coming down the down time, the pipe? Time is ticking. Um, time is ticking for us. Uh, time is ticking for me. Um, uh, an elected superintendent in in Florida has maybe two terms, and so so I don't have a lot of time with with the things we want to see. In a very short period of time, I want to be known. I want Henry to be known as the highest achieving rural district in the state of Florida. And and just like we did, we set the evidence that we can do that through workforce development and CTE. Mm-hmm. And with the, with the humans, uh, with the human capital investment we're making, I believe that we're gonna be able to do that academically. And so I'm very excited about that. And I think that we're gonna, we're gonna get there and I think we're gonna get there faster um, than, than what, than what uh, some folks think is gonna be possible. The State Department of Education is changing how we evaluate students and we evaluate schools. The folks that we're hiring in are experts at being able to align those models so that mm-hmm. we have more of a seamless transition so that we are prepared day one um, to, to move Henry to the top of the chart with regard to, to public education and educational attainment. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I don't think I will ever lose focus of the need for skilled workers, the career and technical education training and the adult ed training um, we, we continually take on partners that, that come to us that are moving to Hendry because we have a lot of available space. We have the ability we've demonstrated that we can train on specialized training for folks that want to move there and set up a shop, a business of any size or scale. And we're willing to, to help them uh, make that happen so they can be successful and then in return our whole community becomes successful. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue those partnerships and continue to grow at every corner possible. Yeah, I think that's the other key to your, if I gave you two answers, the other one's yeah. your collaboration and partnerships, I think yeah. has been pretty key to your growth as well. No doubt about it. Could not have done it without it. You know, and that was that was part of the pitch that I made at the Shark Tank presentation. The, the educational model is not set up to promote growth in the current model. Mm-hmm. So if you don't grow with outside support, you can't grow at all. Yeah. And so when I went to it with that in mind, I just never turned away from that, even though we started getting the support from the state as we become more successful with more students, we continue to get support from the outside, which calls exponential growth, yeah. as you see. Yeah, and collaboration isn't always easy, but it definitely is worth it. That's if you're, correct. If you're willing to stick yeah, it out. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, Mike, I am just so excited that you're doing what you're doing and that you're in the role that you're in. Um, you know, we love Hendry County. It's well, such a critical part of thank thank Southwest you. Florida and our, our region. and. I just want to see a continued success out there. So 
I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to drive all the way in uh, from Hendry County. Uh, glad to do it. Uh, glad to be a part of what, what you do with the, um, at, at the Collaboratory and with the Southwest Fork Communities Foundation and with the Future Makers. I'm proud to say I'm a future maker and, and looking forward to the future as well. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Yep. Thank you.